0: back-to-back films podcast where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies i'm your host keith this is byron and i'm jake and our main topic this week is the korean new wave of filmmaking kind of the film movement that is the korean new wave uh the first film is sympathy for mr vengeance released in 2002 um it really threw me off for a second that um It's Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And Lady Vengeance, though,
0: right? Or is it just Lady Vengeance? Because I always thought it was just Lady Vengeance, but then I kept seeing Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Okay, no. Okay, I was wrong. It says Lady Vengeance on Wikipedia. So, I don't know. I saw that... I saw that name and I was like, Why the hell is it two? But okay. Is it
2: just it. Lady Vengeance? It's just Lady Vengeance. Oh. Yeah. I oh. like that better. Yeah. I, I thought it was Sympathy I've for Lady it. Vengeance. Sympathy. I definitely have seen it.
0: That's why I got confused. I was like, Wait, what? So, Fuck? But, so Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, Lady Vengeance is the vengeance trilogy. Uh,
2: so is, the that, first... is it like renamed for like is is it one of those like two named movies, like depending on what it might be because i've totally seen it as sympathy for lady pigeons uh
0: it's possible maybe i don't know i can't read korean so it's hard to say anyway so our first film is sympathy for mr vengeance released in 2002 Uh, a recently laid off factory worker kidnaps his former boss's friend's daughter hoping to use the ransom money to pay for his sister's kidney transplant uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance was written by Lee Jae-soon, Lee Jong-young, Lee Moo-young, and Park Chan-wook, and it was directed by Park Chan-wook. This stars Song Kang-ho, Shin-ha-kyun, and Bae Duna. Uh, the second film, and also, we should clarify this, I didn't realize that in both of these films there's a lot of uh, crossover in terms of actors, and that was not intentional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just <laughs> happened. Yeah. Uh, so, our second film is The Host, released in 2006. Uh, monster emerges from Seoul's Han River and focuses its attention on attacking people. One victim's loving family does what it can to rescue her from its clutches. Uh, the Host was written by Bong Jun Ho, Ha Wan Jun, and Baik Chul Hyun, and it was directed by Jun Ho. It stars Song Kang Ho again, uh, Byun hee Bong, which I'm pretty sure he's a really famous um, older actor. If I remember correctly, uh, Park hae il Baeduna again, and O oh dalsu Um, so I'm not sure what you guys have brought to the table, but I have some history of Korean cinema I can do kick it. off with. So yeah. Uh, all right. So let's do. A, I'll just do a quick little overview of South Korean cinema uh, up to the present day. Um, so basically, South Korean cinema is really defi- um, isn't really defined until about 1945 or so when Korea was liberated from Japan, um, gaining a new sense of freedom. However, shortly after the Korean War began and the focus shifted away from the arts, and uh, so shortly after the Korean War began and the focus shifted away from the arts and towards war, um, basically funding and interest in the arts and especially in filmmaking was at its all-time low. Uh, 1955 brought the golden age, quote-unquote, of South Korean cinema with films such as uh, Chun Hyong Jeon, Madam Freedom, Obaltan, oh and The Housemaid. Uh, the latter of two having since been considered of the top three films ever made. in, Or not ever made, uh, in Korea. Top three films ever made in Korea. Um, I'm not sure what the third one is. I did not look it up. But, uh... Yeah, those films came out of that golden age period which was in the 50s um so if you think about kind of comparing that to to you know globally what was happening in the 50s kind of interesting to see um they were oh so the reason why they kind of had this ability to outshine um, what was going on at the time is because they were made during this brief period of lax censorship from 1960 to 1962. Uh, so, basically, for a really long period of time, Korean arts were heavily censored and controlled by the government. Everything was very pro that regime at the time. Um, however, there was this sort of like transitionary period between 1662 uh, where these two films came out of. So, after that, the Korean government took more control of the industry. Uh, more control than they ever had before. Uh, and with the 70s came the, quote, YouSin system, which stems from the Yusin Constitution, which is a document whose solidification brought Korea into the Fourth Republic. Um, again, this is one of those periods where, um, you know, government was in control of everything. Everything that was produced was essentially propaganda for the government, uh, and you really had no ability to f- f- uh, creatively or freely create. Yusin uh, re- uh, roughly translates to rejuvenation or renewal, so ironically called itself kind of this <laughs> renewal system. The amount of films and filmmakers during this time was reduced, and only the most ideal quote ideologically sound filmmakers were allowed to make and release films. So basically, you had to prove in yourself before to be of pro-government, pro that regime, and then if you had done that, then you were the only one who was just allowed to really make films, because everything had to be produced through the government. Um, If you were not a part of this group and you tried to make films, you risked um, blacklisting or imprisonment, basically, for being anti that regime. Uh, in the early '80s, the South Korean government relaxed a lot of their censorship laws, uh, which allowed for a lot of independent films to start being made again, and it allowed for the importation of films, which was huge. So basically, before that, Korea was pretty locked off as to as to what was what the citizens were allowed to see internationally. Um, and this is also at the same time when the Korean cinema was going international, and was reaching those audiences. So it's hmm. kind of two things happening there at the same time. Um, this also allowed for like American, like basically what happened in this period too is American companies started to like roll in. Um, and then in nineteen eighty-eight, the government removed all the restrictions on foreign films. So that's when American companies really started to ramp up their um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. production in Korea. However, the government forced a screen quota to ensure that Korean films could still compete, Mm. although they still struggled to compete even with the quota. Um, They're just, you know, having been locked off for so long with no creative expression, it was hard to suddenly create, you know what I mean? Like, they can't just suddenly compete with people who have been practicing it for way longer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, one of the largest shifts in Korean cinema can be traced back to the film Marriage Story, released by Samsung. So, it's very important (laughs) to understand that distinction right there. uh, Because this was a first for both the film industry and for the business conglomerate. Sort of, because Samsung is a conglomerate of a ton of different industries. Um, The name for that being Shaibal. C-H-A-E-B-O-L. I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but... Something along those lines, um, which essentially translates to a business conglomerate owned by someone or some group in, in South Korea. So a Korean owned business. Hmm. Um, and this move, the singular move in this singular movie would pave the way for what we have as what we now know as Korean new wave or like new Korean cinema. Uh, so what is it? uh it's basically so the new wave period uh starts roughly 1997 up until today uh, because they're still kind of in this renaissance period of uh, art and actually are beginning to really take over i think globally um the 1997 asian financial crisis caused a lot of businesses to scale back their involvement in the industry such as like samsung but nevertheless the door had been opened for filmmakers um, and obviously just because they scale it back doesn't mean it stopped entirely so there was still this sort of new period of like pure freedom to create mm-hmm. stories and art um, the film Shiri S-H-I-R-I released in 1999 is credited as the first successful film of the new wave um, being the first film in Korean history to sell more than 2 million tickets oh wow so uh, some of the greatest films in Korean history were made in the 50s, but they still could not compare to this film um, in terms of its sales. Uh, Shiri was quickly followed by Park Chan-wook's Joint Security Area, Kwok Jae-young's My Sassy Girl, Kwok Kyun Take's Friend, uh, Kang Woo-suk's Solmido, and Kang Ji-gyu's Taeguki. Uh, so the films that I just listed, Joint Security Area, which is... Uh, we we've, we've kind of talked about that one just a little bit uh my sassy girlfriend so and taiguki
1: taiguki I'm, is that the world war ii one is that uh i, I probably am not saying it right or, I, yeah
0: we're probably butchering Or maybe i'm thinking of, of a it, different but, movie altogether
1: um <laughs> Let me cuz i like tagooki that's yeah <laughs> Taiguki
0: the brotherhood of war
1: yeah dude that movie's fucking awesome action, that was right? the first movie that i saw from like korea you know what i mean nice. like the first uh, like one where i was like looks cool. holy shit this is something that's like like yeah cuz like you know it, i i felt like you know it's terrible but like i when you're younger like there's like the difference between hollywood movies and then like foreign movies mm-hmm. and you, you you just yeah a lot of the time just think that Hollywood movies are the ones with the more money. Well, I saw that and I was like, Holy crap. This is a war movie that rivals what like Hollywood makes. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. on budget yeah. and like what it looks like. And that's a crazy good movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause foreign movies, they definitely have that. Like, like, Oh, they're like actor based. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they don't have like the big budgets. Yeah, this one had like heart but it also has like really crazy
1: it's non-stop like set action. pieces like it's so yeah. cool like the first like maybe 30 minutes is like setting everything up after that it's literally non-stop action and my mom hates it growing up hates it when we watch that movie because it's all she hears is just like korean yelling and screaming and, <laughs> and like guns and like awesome. she, she, she she she's like that movie just grates me just the sounds of it you know because she's not watching it she just hears like this just like you know all these you know how it is like i don't know it's just blood-curdling sc- screams totally. but yeah. it's all in a foreign language so it's she's war. just like what the yeah. hell <laughs>
0: yeah it's more so like yeah. that makes sense for sure yeah uh, a lot of these films sound really cool uh, friend is an action film uh, my sassy girl is a romantic comedy um <laughs>
1: I'd Join- like to see a romantic comedy done yeah, know, from the Korean. Korean standpoint. They're really popular
0: yeah. right now, man, like TV shows and stuff, like, huge. Um,
2: yeah, because the Korean New Wave, like, a big part of that was also, like, the K-pop and the mm-hmm. television that yep. came out of it, too, which is- it uh, you could maybe say that that stuff is bigger than the films, <laughs> you know, as oh, far absolutely. as, like, yeah, yeah. the yeah. culture um, and their animation, too. But, uh, but, yeah, the films definitely, like, had, like, a huge part in this and of course you know we're a film podcast so <laughs> exactly
0: uh, joint security Area sounds really cool it's a mystery thriller that takes place in the dmz
2: oh cool and th- that's park chan wook Mm-hmm. That's who, park who did the yep yeah yeah
0: who also did yeah um
2: sympathy for mr vengeance
0: exactly and then yeah. old boy and lady vengeance yeah he's yep. he's one of the most well-known by far
1: um, yeah, I feel like he's kind of like a, a Scorsese, you know what I mean? For, for in like Korea and yeah. like... Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And
0: Silmido is an action drama film, which is an, kind of another warish. I've heard of that one. Film. I haven't seen that. So those are the, the ones, the big ones that came right after um, Shiri. And again, Park Chan-wook's Old Boy is credited as bringing serious attention to South Korean cinema. Uh, Because when it appeared in the festivals, I mean, it pretty much rocked that festival to its core, really. I mean, like you had all sorts of people, even like Spike Lee coming out and being like, this film, you know, because obviously he went on to remake it. Yeah, You know, that tells you how much he was into that film. Um, It won the Grand Prix at the 2004 Cannes and was praised very highly by the likes of, like I said, um, Spike Lee, Roger Ebert and Tarantino.
2: Um, makes sense that Tarantino—he's probably a big fan of Park Chan Wook. Oh you know? yeah. yeah, oh yeah. He's also a big you fan know? of the
1: host. Oh yeah, I
0: could yeah. see him like. He was really—that
2: was one of his favorite um,
1: movies. Definitely makes hmm. sense. That came out in the last uh, fifteen years or something like that. It was on his list. Wow, nice. Uh,
0: yeah, an old boy still continues to be a remarkable film. Um, a lot of films. Uh, pay homage to um the hallway scene in that film I've, oh. heard, I've even heard that the daredevil hallway scene was although not it, a direct yeah. was an homage to it really for sure um, yeah and that scene i mean even you could even call the villainess's opening yeah. kind of an homage because yeah. it literally takes place in a hallway yeah. you know so basically that film really and then you know this is one of those ones where we're actually we're probably going to talk about it next week as well, uh, old boy specifically. So I don't want to ruin it, but it does have a very unique story. <laughs> um and I highly recommend not reading anything about it um and just watching it because it, it'll have the the most impact if you do it that way. Um and the hosts uh would later become one of the highest-grossing films in the country like ever. Mhm. Um, which makes sense the host is a very accessible film mm-hmm. for being a monster movie yeah. Like it's not it's yeah. billed as horror but it's not really yeah. it's it's just like a, a fun thriller really
1: yeah it's like a monster movie without really being a monster movie pretty much yeah, you know? yeah. Like
0: pretty it's
2: much. more about
1: like
0: it's all the, about like, family
2: yeah you know I don't know Yeah, it's, it's about the family and the characters and there's like an epicness to it too you yeah, know there's like yeah. the kind of anti-america stuff you know like in there <laughs> which could be could also you could look at it as not that too but like i don't no, know they it were seems definitely like, um, shitting on america
0: a little bit yeah or... <laughs> yeah
2: but like when i first watched this movie i was just like oh this is kind of weird but i really like it but uh this time around i i was like oh i they're saying something here you know like mm-hmm. i get the yeah. like i didn't know exactly what they were trying to say but i could tell that there was like some like cultural thing going on that they were like talking about in the same way that like big blockbusters in America talk about social issues or totally uh, politics and stuff like that. So I thought that was really neat.
0: Yeah. I feel like there is a space in there where you could really sit down and analyze like, you know, the metaphor of the monster and the way that the white people react to things as opposed to the way that the Korean people react to things. Like there's a lot of, yeah, academic analysis i feel like you could pull out of that if you were so inclined to
2: yeah even just like agent yellow yeah it's called agent yellow (laughs) (laughs) you know like agent orange jesus Uh, that was was heavy-handed you know yeah super heavy-handed so if you don't know what agent orange is it's like uh some was it chemical was it a chemical weapon used in vietnam
0: extremely effed up chemical yeah basically and it's essentially the same thing
2: yeah yeah Um, Um, By the Americans. Yeah, exactly.
0: And in this case, the whole problem of the host, the whole issue is because of an American. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Which was based on an actual event that happened that pissed a lot of people off.
0: Right. And then, yeah, then this film kind of took it to the, like, that's what happens. That's why I feel like there's a little bit more of a uh, metaphor there because, like, it does what horror generally should do, I guess, or what... People think good horror should do is that it rises it it, it amplifies it to make a point. Right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, hence why you have an actual monster who's you know eating shit. That actually, I mean, you I mean you could analyze the shit out of the monster. I feel like all day. I mean, it looks like a sperm, so you could yeah. <laughs> pull whatever you it's, want from that. You know, like it's
2: definitely like a lit major's dream movie. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I I read that the director pulled, like, the reason he came up with this monster was was from a deformed fish that someone had found, like, off the shore in Korea that had, like, an S-shaped spine. Mm-hmm. And oh, he was wow. just like, yeah, I'm just going to use this for the movie. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was totally cool. That's a, It's a very unique monster. And the way that it acts is very, I think, interesting, too. How it At first, it doesn't seem to have any intelligence behind it. It just seems to be running. Yeah. You know, it's slipping on the rocks and falling, and, like, it just can't... There's nothing about it that seems smart. And then you realize that it's actually, like, keeping people, you know, prisoner for later. Mm And, like you know will prevent you from escape like it knows that you're trying to escape you know like it prevents the the little girl from escaping and like there's like some intelligence to it which i think i was so
1: surprised about that the first time i watched the movie because i just thought it was just like a gonna be like kind of like one of those dumb like Mm -hmm. monsters that it's just like kind of like wanting to just kill anything that's in it's like a shark and yeah exactly like a shark and but it it it, the movie kind of sprung these things on us and it forced us to go along with it and it does it it makes Mm -hmm. it like you go along with it Mm -hmm. it's cool yeah like (laughs) i just remember being just blown away by that being like oh my god this is nothing like what i was expecting
0: yep it has a great like Mm -hmm. twist on the monster movie which is pretty refreshing you know because yeah uh, then you're not com- a Godzilla, yeah. exactly, and then compare yeah. <laughs> it to stupid shit like Americans make, like fucking Rampage or something. Like Americans just <laughs> Rampage. Americans have no business making monsters. Kong, moves, Skull whatever. Island. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's yeah, that new shark
2: that? movie with like oh the Meg, the Meg, yeah, the Meg, yeah. God. Which I just think of family guy when I see that title. I'm just like yeah, the Meg. exactly. Just like it's, Meg's face coming.: <laughs> It's
0: a terrible, terrible title.
1: There, there, there was actually, actually. A, a movie that came out with Anne Hathaway. Um, and it's a monster movie. Colossus.: Colossus, that's actually supposed to be really good. Yeah, that really? one's supposed to be a, a that's a newer one of yeah. the monster.: Yeah, it came yeah. out like a year ago. Yeah, huh.
0: It was had yeah, a pretty that. limited release. It was definitely yeah. a low-key indie movie it's supposed to be really good uh, yeah that's what i heard too but i don't know it didn't really pique my interest as yeah, much yeah same um let's see if i can oh it's not even on wikipedia what the hell that's weird i'll uh, see if i can find it because i'm kind of curious who the director is that one yeah oh, be colossal curious colossal not colossus colossal. oh colossal that's why i couldn't find it so it's a sci-fi black comedy written by, oh, Nacho Vigolando. That's who it is. What oh, has he before. done? 7.35 in the morning, time crimes, extraterrestrial, ABCs of death, profane exhibit, open windows, VHS viral, and colossal. Hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's probably most well-known for extraterrestrial. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was just kind of like a low-key film. But it, it was getting pretty good reviews. 80%. Yeah, that's Rotten pretty tomatoes, good. 80%. Right around tomatoes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, For a monster movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So basically, so here's like, if you're really interested in this, and we're going to be, next week we'll be talking about a couple more of these because um, we just got so interested in this topic. And these films are actually really good, so it's worth it to do another part of Um, but here's 10 films that you should watch to kind of better help define this movement as well Um, as we mentioned Joint Security Area Save the Green Planet Memories of Murder A Tale of Two Sisters A Tale of Two Sisters is actually super good Uh, it's that's a horror one like really horror so like if you're not into it then (laughs) but it's actually really good it's actually really good storytelling Uh, Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter and Spring The uh, Vengeance Trilogy the host. I saw the devil. Poetry. Nobody's daughter. Hey, Wan, And more recently, Train to Busan. I think is a good one too. I, I like I Train
2: that to one's b- Busan. To be really good. I I, it was, I I've heard heard good loved things.
0: Things. it. I've heard. Good I, I saw
2: it. it. It was awesome. Like cool. it for. It definitely like made me reappreciate the zombie movie. Okay, cool. Because it's you know zombie movies are so tiring, but Train to Busan has like does some really great things i think uh with it so nice yeah it, it
0: ended up becoming one of the most successful movies ever in the country uh, let me see if we can find totally
2: totally makes sense you know Became... like it's like you could feel all the zombie hits and everything all the set pieces in the movie are really interesting nice yeah so 95 and, and it's all like real and how they film it is really interesting too like how they feel the film, film the movement of the zombies they, okay. they throw on. I think they fuck with the shutter speed or something. Um, but it looks cool. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, it looks super cool. And like I said, it becomes, goes on to become one of the most successful films to come out recently. Uh, oh, here we go. Here it is. Uh, so Bong Joon-ho, who also did Snowpiercer... Uh, so the host and snow are among the highest grossing films of all time in South Korea, uh, and train to Busan. Also one of the highest grossing films became the second highest groping f- grossing film in Hong Kong. <laughs> so groping. Yeah.
2: Second um, highest groping film. Yeah. Yeah. The,
0: the <laughs> yeah. other films I would recommend, uh, the whaling, the Whaling's super cool. That's kind of a very odd twist on a traditional story. Um, also, The Villainous was super cool. That's like pure action. Well, not pure action, but damn near pure action. Um, shit, there's one more. The Handmaiden also. The is one really you can check out. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I saw The Devil. I really like The Good, The Bad, and The Weird.
0: Oh, yeah, The Good, The Bad, and The like, Weird. It's just the mm. fun.
1: Yeah. Like in the set piece, the last action set piece is just awesome. Huge chase like one of the craziest chases i think i've seen yeah that's I like one that of title yeah it's good because
0: obviously it has, it's a it's, you know a parody off of the good the bad yeah and ugly.
1: but it's like yeah. it's definitely its own thing um which is really cool uh it's just so fun and it's done by the same guy who did uh uh i saw tale devil. of two
2: sisters yeah, yeah, and I saw, that you know, guy's that was, super Kim, interesting Kim, because Kim Ji Woon,
0: Kim Ji Woon, because he's done a film in like every genre, like he does like one film per genre.
1: And he did a movie huh. with with the Hollywood system or in the Hollywood system with Arnold Schwarzenegger, exactly, and uh, called The Last Stand. Yeah, exactly. And that that movie yeah. like is
0: actually not that bad,
1: like for what it is, you know.
0: And he writes them all too, which is even crazier that he's able to write in like. All these different genres. Uh, Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. He did a Tale of Two Sisters, which is... I mean, like I said, the writing for that one is really great.
2: It's spot on. So he's Uh, more of a genre guy. Yeah, but... Because they're saying, like, in a lot of the Koreans, like, these filmmakers are doing, like, a lot of genre films.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, a good, uh, like, part of this movement is that they're really adhering to genre. Because, like, with so little films you know representing genre in the korean system like it makes a lot of sense that they would yeah create films in each genre right Mm -hmm. and try and define those genres within the korean like culture i feel like
1: perspective park Wook is a little different um where he like takes the genre but then he like definitely like changes it like for the vampire film he changed it and he did thirst and it's like a oh right a, like a more realistic version of what like a, maybe a vampire really could be and it's it's actually huh. like if i remember correctly you know the the you, they become like a vampire through like this disease that like originates in like like africa this co- sort of thing oh, like okay. a, like a bloodborne kind of disease that like forces huh. you to like become a vampire it's like really cool and um and it's, like, a dark comedy, too. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's, like, you know, it's this dark nice. comedy horror thriller. It's just super unique where, like, he's playing with genre tropes of all that, but yet it just, in the end, it's its own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, he also went on to do, I think, like, Stoker.
1: Yeah, and Stoker, he... too, is is very That's bizarre. his English movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Harmony Cren is yeah. actually a... Uh, has a cameo in that
2: movie nice oh that's funny uh yeah. this well, film i
0: feel like doesn't get talked about enough either uh the man from nowhere super cool film action oh, i I, I, film. You know, I haven't seen that one that has oh, a cool I like that fight title there, right it Has a cool knife i has a really cool shot too where the camera follows him as he jumps out a window
1: oh sweet yeah Sweet. it's pretty
0: trippy probably um,
1: the the born domain have probably copied it yeah, yeah. no actually <laughs> though
0: actually it's paid homage
1: yeah yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I've
0: also heard Mother is really good. Not not oh, Darren Darinov- yeah, Aronofsky's mother, to, but, the Bong
2: Joon Ho one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah,
0: uh, that's I've heard is good. And that's then, what he followed
2: up with after the host. I'm pretty sure.
0: Oh, was well, Mother okay? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Wailing is another one of those ones where it's genre, but it twists it pretty hard. I think I've seen the Wailing. That sounds so familiar. Forget what that one's about. It's kind of this weird mix of like. Paranormal and demons. It's it's totally kind of a this. trip. Yeah, it's very. It's kind of hard mm. to explain actually, just because of it's so weird. I think it might be on Netflix. Yeah, I think that's.
1: Oh, where oh yeah. it is on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I've seen, it I've, on see, I've seen it. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. It's, it's kind good of long. Yeah, it is long. It's like I want to say it's like almost like two and a half hours. It's or like two and a half hours. Yeah. So it's kind of long, but it's actually worth it.
0: My only complaint with it is that the pacing partway through feels a little funky. Like, it feels like it could have ended and goes. But, like... You there was some
1: it. weird comedy in there, too. Yeah. That I remember that was like, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so check hmm. those out um, in terms of if you're really... You know, I, I, we all think this, the Korean new wave is, like, super cool. All these films are totally up our alley. It's one of my favorite,
1: um, like, emerging... Yeah, definitely. Uh, Like, I mean, I don't know. There's just something about... Every Korean film that I've seen it's just like there's just like this like grit to it Mm -hmm. that I feel like Hollywood lacks now you know like Mm -hmm. it's just like this it has a sense of like danger to it you you get the
0: feeling that they've been kept under wraps and they're ready to explode you you know what I mean there's a lot of hungry filmmakers who wanted to make good stuff and now have the chance to
2: they've Um, been like silenced for so long exactly And now, under, like, democracy, they're just like, here we are, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. There's
2: something to do with with their characters, too. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. they're kind of... They're not necessarily, like, like heroes in the sense of, like, Hollywood heroes. They're kind of, like... They're definitely, like, flawed, like, deeply flawed. Yeah, Yeah. which I I like. I think I I Mm -hmm. just gravitate towards that sort of character, and I think they... Having such a a crazy real life history, you know, with like war and everything, I think it's I think it's kind of refreshing that they can like they don't see like the the best version of themselves
2: and put it yeah. on film for mm-hmm. other countries to see. They they put it all out there. They put the sweet. raw version of themselves. Yeah, I it's, I just I like that all the movies that I've seen, which I haven't seen a ton, uh, but they all have to do with like a sense of morality. You know.
3: Yeah. Like yeah.
2: what is like the 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 best thing for me to do here? You know, like maybe it was a a moral choice, like something they would do previously that was immoral and now they're gonna decide to do the moral thing. Mm-hmm. Um, w- totally. which is just kind of a awesome shift in like a character. You know
0: Yeah, a lot of it it seems like, you know, do good by do good by everyone, but you know, do really do good by your fellow Korean too. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Stand by each other. Uh, I think, oh, another film more recently, too, that I really want to see is Burning. Um, oh, that's, that's another my, one.
2: That's the one that just came out, right? Yeah, this, that's this getting year.
1: rave reviews right now. Oh. Um, and
2: that's gonna, not out in the U.S. yet?
0: I don't think so. All, I it's, think it premiered at
1: Cannes this yeah, year. Yeah, I bet it'll come out next year here. Yeah. Oh, it, nice. For those type of films, it normally takes almost over a year.
0: But for the past three years, dude uh at least one korean film south korean film has been selected to compete for the palm d'or that's, that's awesome. pretty big that's really big you Yeah, know? um i think it was burning this year it was like handmaiden
1: last, last year, year i think yeah yeah and then the um, handmaiden was was very good very different again another one where park can like takes a couple different genres mashes it together and you, you you come, you, it, it's like nothing you've seen before, ever. Exactly. Like, God, I've I never seen a movie. Like I've, n- I've never seen a movie like The Handmaiden, Ever. I mean, there are some sequences in that movie. It's like, where the hell? Like, <laughs> like <sighs> the closest. It would, you know the movie The Red Shoes.
3: No, By, I've uh, heard of it.
1: Pressburger and stuff. It's like a combination of that with like, with like, erotic films with like octopuses and like. It's, it's crazy, like man. Like tentacle I, porn. Uh, it's Korean tentacle. A little porn, bit. Yeah. Like Whoa. it's not all. It's not all like that or anything. But it's elements of it, dude. It's crazy, man. It's so cool. It sounds insane. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's one that I probably I might check out someday. Um, I'm just not exactly sure when just yet. Uh, two thousand and seventeen actually was. Uh, there's two films. It was Oakcha and the day after, were the two Korean films. Oh, Oakcha, okay, um, yeah. And then 2016 was The Handmaiden. Uh, and then 2015, I'm not hundred percent sure. But basically, yeah, like um, more recently, they've been getting a lot of recognition out of Korea for the films they've been making. Because it's just, I don't know, like you said, they're doing something different. They're a lot of, I think a lot of Americans specifically are getting burnt out with American media. Yeah. It's American yeah. filmmaking. You know, that's why they started going over to TV, kind of getting into those storylines
2: yeah. um and, and like the freedom that that tv offers too
0: true right which is yeah. so weird that some now f- suddenly tv which costs as much to make as a movie somehow has more freedom than a yeah. movie which is just yeah so weird to me Yeah. Um, but so the real question i guess and i'll end it here so you guys can kind of bring up whatever you want to bring up too um as is it affecting global cinema and i oh, think oh no doubt i think it mm-hmm. is but i think we're really just beginning to understand the effect yeah that it's actually having um obviously like i said you know many of the films are being selected to compete for one of the most if not the most coveted awards in cinema one of the most pre- yep. prestigious awards yeah. in cinema uh, if you yeah. pre- if you win a Palm d'or you're pretty much set um, <laughs> yeah. In terms of like your film will get distributed <laughs> and you will make another movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't be turned down after that, really. Uh, yeah. And so I think time will tell, really, just how much the style and storytelling of Korean films will impact like global cinema and especially like American cinema, because obviously we're doing this as an American based yeah. podcast, mm-hmm. right? So, like, yeah. Um, seeing how that will affect storytelling in America. I mean, even the fact that they're coming over to America cause they're mm-hmm. seeing opportunity there, you know, Korean yeah. filmmakers. I mean, like, they're getting big.
2: hired uh, in the, in Hollywood. Cause they're like, Oh, there's money here. Mm-hmm. You know, like sign number one, that they are changing things. Exactly. And I, I, another sign of this is uh, a lot of like film historians and critics or whatever, uh, consider the Korean new wave to have ended in 2005. um, uh, not everyone agrees with that, but um, according to some people, like they think that once, like after two the two, two bleh, after two thousand five, essentially when the host came out, it became like really mainstream and it started it, it stopped being like this special like film movement and became like part of the the like global culture. I can um, definitely see that. Yeah. Which, you know. So that it, for just because people think that, I think that is a huge sign of of the effect that Koreans uh, or especially this Korean new wave movement has had on films everywhere.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I could see in the argument being made for it having ended at that time. You know, I personally think that they're still like it's more of, I guess, a renaissance period that they're mm-hmm. still in in the past exactly. like, 20 years. Yeah. But yeah. I still think that it's still part of this new wave because, like, they're still, I mean, they're still coming up with so much. Yeah. Dude. Like, it's so hard to, like, really, you know, I don't know what you'd even call it now, I, you know, post-new wave or whatever. Like, yeah. it just seems like it's still part of that new wave. An
2: aftershock or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel
1: like I kind of liken, like, kind of how, at least how America is looking at their industry kind of like how we looked at like italy and french films in the 50s and 60s and then how we looked at like german and japanese films like kind of in the 70s mm-hmm. um sure and now we're kind of like now we're to korea you know like how it's kind of like a world you know in in the 90s we saw uh, you know we really started recognizing like um films from like iran and um mm-hmm. the middle east and um and now we're, we're getting to another part of the world you know uh in the late two thousands, we started seeing um, uh, some you know some Thai films that got like big, and you and now we're eventually I think to like Korea, which is kind of cool. Um, but I think what stands out with Korean films is that it's it's a lot of it's quite a bit different from what we've seen with other countries, and and it's and it's in its coldness, which I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's very yeah. the way not only the themes but the way the whole like the films are aren't they don't completely like they they aren't um they're kind of detached yeah you know what i mean they're which detached, i really yeah. like i don't know why but i i, I guess i kind of wanted to talk about like violence in korean films but we're going to probably touch on that with the next, uh, next episode about time, it yeah. yeah so other than that the closest well, i could get would be like the coldness aspect
2: yeah yeah and cool. like look at jurassic world you know like that movie is very like cold (laughs) you know and you could say that it it definitely kind of pulls from like some south korean characters like the characterization like it's all these flawed characters who like overcome this this great tragedy at the end it's very much like the host yeah did Uh, you guys see jurassic world no no, but I've been, <laughs> I've been reading That's a lot right. about That's it. You guys saying it. No, <laughs> I think you guys I, would agree I, with get, me if you I, saw it because it is like it, it, it's still like it's like this weird blend of like American, like escapist stuff, but then has like the same coldness that these films have. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I think I think it certainly is trying to pull from that just because of the heavy influence of Korean cinema in general. I think, um, and I think there's there's kind of a sort of this, like, difference, too, where, like, the coldness of the Korean cinema is more like... I don't know. Jurassic World, to me, seems cold in that it's, like, alienating because it's not really... It's Mm. trying to do something and trying to, like... You know, reboot this franchise and bring all these big name actors and make these big set pieces sure. and trying to really set it. Yeah. But like the coldness of the Korean films seem to come from a different place, it's, I it's, guess.
1: Yeah, because like Jurassic World is trying to be inviting for us, you know? Right. Like, like come right. see this big blockbuster or whatever. It's not like that with the Korean films. It's not like come see no. this revenge tale. It's more like,
2: it's more like, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. They're inviting you in the I, sense I, that I, they want I, you to. I am. I am completely in agreement with you guys, but the, ca- how the characters right, right, right. go through the story and what happens to them is very much like the host. Like, it's almost like in line with the host. Cause like the kids That's are awesome. like selfish, like, like the, the kids like want, you know, they're like annoyed by everything, like in the host, like how that lady's like, I hate my cell phone. And it's like, we'll grow the fuck up. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> like just deal with it and that's like how all the kids are and then all the parents are like flawed in the in the same same way i don't know it's i'd never connected that dot until now but yeah i think you guys are right i think the korean stuff totally comes from a different place and jurassic world uh comes from maybe is influenced by that in a dare i say in a cultural appropriation kind of way
0: (laughs) oh totally yeah and i think I think a good example of of kind of what you're talking about too is like just HBO TV in general I think where a lot of their films or a lot of films a lot of the series right now are dealing with characters that are just like I mean how do you even root for some of them because they're so fucking flawed and destroyed you know I mean to to say Game of Thrones I mean you could you could pretty I think you could make the claim that Game of Thrones pulls heavily from mm-hmm. Like yeah, South Korean like. I think so and I get that the books were written before there's that there's connections but the, for but sure the, but the way that the show is designed and the way that the characterizes because obviously the show took liberties from the book right mm-hmm. um, so the, and a lot now, of those yeah. liberties I think were influenced heavily by what Jacob and you guys have been saying just like this these broken characters um, you know coming from a place where like perfection is the word perfect doesn't even exist really you know everyone is messed up in some in some way um and they're Mm -hmm. even trying to do the crossovers you know snowpiercer was this weird crossover of Mm -hmm. like korea and um
1: okja and yeah okja yeah yeah.
0: it's just all these yeah korea is is merging (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh
0: what else you got jacob do you got anything um
2: well i have to sneeze so just give me a sec
0: That's good. That's a
2: good (laughs) one. And it went went away. We haven't
0: talked um, too much about Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Um, So let's do that. Yeah. I think a lot of the focus has been on the host, which, fair enough, the host is a great movie and obviously did a lot. Um, But I think Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. And it was huge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're comparing a, a huge movie to one that, like, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance really helped, you know, build the path but it wasn't until old boy where it was like boom now it's off and running
2: um, Yeah, I, I got strong Cohen Brothers vibes from oh Sympathy wow I didn't Vengeance. think of that
0: huh. I could see like, that actually like how it's like it these
2: characters that are like uh, like they have no idea what the hell they're even doing you know like Burn After Reading they're like trying to do this criminal act but they don't really know how you exactly. know what I mean? And yeah. they just kind of fail. Holy fuck. You know what I mean? They're
0: like blundering through it, yeah.
1: Holy shit, I, I can't believe I didn't make that comparison before. But you're so right.
0: I'm a genius.
1: What the obviously. hell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, I think I think you're totally right. I think it's, it's really interesting. It's like this comparison of like, first of all, this cast of characters that are just like very different, very yeah. like... <laughs> They're, they're like weirdly stereotypical in ways, but like yeah. there's always this little like twist on each one of them. Like the guy is deaf, you know. His girlfriend is a fucking anarchist. Like, yeah. You know, the other guy is like some rich dude or whatever, like businessman or whatever. Like they're all they come from these radically different walks of life and yeah. are entangled in this weird plot. Um, that's very much Cohen's. and I, I imagine the Cohen's right now are loving korean cinema
1: it, in fact i think there's yeah. a korean um film that remade the coen brothers uh blood simple oh really mm-hmm. it might be japanese though i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's korean That'd
2: it's called cool. something noodle noodle and <laughs> yeah I... noodle simple 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 noodle story a simple
0: noodle story, <laughs> oh. simple noodle story <laughs> is inspired by blood simple the debut of the coen brothers is it korean is it really uh, a simple Chinese. noodle? Chinese, god Chinese. damn it's it! It's called a simple noodle story. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. Well,
0: scratch what I said. <laughs> no, it's a mixture of thriller and screwball, actually based off of that. So, wow. Uh, that's oh, directed by Zhang Yimou. <laughs> oh, <laughs> who did hero? Yeah. Wow, that's right. That's crazy. Awesome. That's fucking awesome.
2: The Coen yeah. Brothers definitely have like a huge reach. Oh yeah. Like across the world <laughs> you know what I mean they're just they've changed uh, so many different like film like their effect on cinema has is just like kind of profound
0: yeah it can it yeah. really it's hard to understate how they've affected cinema because like every film man they've released has just been like has done something different because yeah. they're like those people who work in a you know different genres like all over the place and somehow bring something new to like, the genre yeah. every time
2: yeah, like Barton Fink, like Barton Fink, that, ugh. freaking weirdest movie ever. You know, it's like a <laughs> plotless, emotionless movie, but it's still fascinating. I I just don't know how they do it.
0: We're definitely gonna talk about that, and I've I kind of been itching to do more of a Cohen Brothers series here, more sometime in the very near future. Um, I don't know. We have quite a few episodes planned, but they we'll get them there pretty <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But um, I, what
2: I what I like about Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is just its it just its violence. Like it uh, um like how it just is unflinching when when it starts when the violence starts to happen, you know? And then it just uh like it's cold, but it also just like it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't like build up to it. It just does it. And there's the something kind of yeah. nice about that. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Tarantino like When he has violence in his movies, he doesn't really, like, hold on it. It just kind of... I mean, except for in his later movies, it definitely holds on it a little more. But, like, in Reservoir Dogs, it just, like, happens. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's a little Haneke-esque.
2: Yeah. And even
1: uh, Sam Peckinpah-ish.
0: Yeah, where just is kind of like... It's just part of the world. It's part of the
1: world, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, it's part of the world. But Peckinpah, he's the one who did the 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 one where the slow-mo violence, right? Yeah, the Wild Bunch. Right. The Wild Bunch, yeah. But I don't know if that I don't know if the slow-mo fe- feels the same way as um uh Mr. Vengeance. No, he's know? saying
0: like, he's saying in the sense that like um the fact that the violence just exists. There's no build right. up to it, right? Yeah. It's just kind of there it's like right. boom. Oh, but okay, definitely I see
1: like what you're it's definitely like Haneke though. It's definitely it's like cold. Because Haneke has that cold, like, just literally will come out of nowhere. Like the beginning five minutes of uh, his film, uh, "Time of the Wolf" or "Hour of the Wolf," um, mm-hmm. something happens in there, and it's just like boom, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. like, damn, that's real. That's like, that's real. How real that's violence awesome. is, you know? Yeah, exactly. um, Weird. And like that, that part where the guy in comes out with that box cutter or whatever and he like cuts his knife or cuts his stomach yeah you know it's like people do that you mm-hmm. know like yeah you know it but it, it, it but it's so it's like shot in such like a matter of fact cold manner that it actually becomes way more shocking because of it because we're we're kind of like accustomed to seeing like you know the film like the camera like zoom in on someone's face as they're cutting themselves and nope not this it's this this shot yeah. of this guy just like kr- kr-, you know cutting himself numerous times on his stomach and then like maybe we'll get one reaction shot and then it will zoom in close like super close to his stomach yeah <laughs> right i, I right. liked
0: that that there i think jacob you're hitting on something there too and i think a lot of that comes from the fact that the way sympathy was shot Mm-hmm. is like yeah almost entirely in series of wide shots sort of stuff yeah you know? they would do maybe like a shot reverse but it was still just like the shot reverse was never like really over yeah. the shoulder you know you get like one person and then they'd kind of film four people and then just play the scene out and it gives you this sort of like you feel kind of like separated you're not you know what i mean like yeah. you're not really yeah. in it like, you would be if it was a bunch of close-ups. So, like, when violence does happen, you're kind of just like, you know, you're you're yeah. impacted, but you're not. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Like, he, he gets his spleen taken out, or not spleen, his <laughs> kidney taken out. And then later on, you know, goes and bashes in their head. And then, you know, by the time he do- bashes that dude's head in, you're just kind of like. Okay.
1: That was awesome. It's
0: kind of reasonable, I get, you know, yeah. like it's, there's nothing <laughs> about it is like and then you find out that he like eats the people's kidney and you're kind of like and the way the film treats it is just like it
1: happened. Yeah, cuz you know. Yeah. It also reminded me of like Tarkovsky in the sense that like Tarkovsky always sought for the most simple of things, you know? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, if you can shoot it simply it it could be the most effective and I feel like this movie is shot very simplistic in many ways like that scene that really stuck out to me was like those three boys or three dudes are like jerking off (laughs) like you know hearing to like the the moans and stuff and then you're thinking that the the people next door are like having sex but then the camera just does a simple dolly track into the next room Uh, and and it's this lady and she's like moaning because she's sick and in pain on the floor
2: yeah yeah
1: and then it, it cuts it just goes a little further and then it's you know cut you see the 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 character there who is just eating away and he's totally unaware of this or because he can't hear it
3: mm-hmm. yeah. and
1: and it set that whole scene it takes you to from one thing to a whole other thing it, you end at, yeah you end up somewhere completely where you weren't expecting to be in one fucking camera movement yep and it's yeah. uh, to me. It's like how simple is that one camera movement? And it said, and it it, it was a whole it was a whole story there. And
0: you know? it sets it up for later. Yeah. when he um, doesn't hear the little girl drowning. Yeah, so it's yeah. him yeah. and his sister in both of those scenes. Yeah. Uh, and you- it's
2: a similar shot too. Like mm-hmm. it's like that shot where he's looking away, and it's like a medium close, maybe a cl- more of a close than a medium close, and then in the background. Like kind of blurry is like the thing he should be hearing,
1: and it's kind of cold.
2: It. It's kind of cold though too. It's
1: like simple, but it's it, but it makes it kind of cold because like y- you don't get any remorse or anything from the guys. He's just eating his noodles, and, yeah. and you know it's not like he's like trying to look. He's looking out for her or anything, right? In that particular scene, it just leaves you with this kind of cold, kind of feeling. It it's just simple, but it's effective, and it's just yeah. I don't know, I, I, that kind of sums up to me a lot of just Korean cinema i mean like tai 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 or whatever the one that we T- mentioned earlier the brotherhood of war film that film is shot and edited completely different than this film it, it's like edited kind of like saving private ryan on crack oh i've seen um, that movie and it's just like insane <laughs> um uh but yet it still has that coldness and just and yeah. just like the brutality um uh but yeah, I'm overstepping myself because we're gonna talk about that later.
0: No, for sure. And I, both—I mean, those are all good points because the way they do shoot it, the the thing that really sells um, sympathy to me is—it's the depth. Hmm. Every shot is yeah. like, you know, like you said, you're gonna dolly so you know you see four dudes jacking yeah. off, yeah. and then the <laughs> shot dollies shows you the wide space of the room, yeah. which makes no sense why there's four dudes, like, living in this room. And then it, <laughs> it dollies over to this, like, much bigger space. And then, yeah, you realize that, like, there's a lot of other shit going on. And there's
1: only two people in
0: that room. Right. And yeah. yeah, she's in the background rolling around. Like, the camera doesn't care about the fact no. that she's rolling around. Yeah. And then it keeps going, like you said. And his face is, like, that's one of the few close-ups mm-hmm. of, like, you know, you can only see yeah. from, like, his shoulders up. And just this disconnect between what's happening in the background and the foreground mm-hmm. is what I think really, really starts to sell this film as something yeah. elevated. Yeah. You know, like you could shoot this, you could shoot movies a bunch of different ways. You know, American movies would have shot that probably like hard, you know, cut to like start with the four dudes, mm-hmm. hard cut to her rolling on the ground, but yeah. in a close up, and then cut to him yeah. not paying attention. You yeah. know, and that i don't think would have had the same impact or even like a
1: a zoom you know like it starts off with the lady moaning and then it'll zoom out um to see to reveal the guy you know Mm -hmm. no yeah you know like and tarkovsky said you know zoom lenses are for lazy filmmakers (laughs) 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 i don't know about that but in in this in this sense it would be the lazier way instead of just kind of coming up with this cool dolly
2: shot um I, I think and, and, i think you're right like i think mr vengeance is like this great exercise of like why a director is important in a movie like it's a great yeah. great move to look at yeah mm-hmm. you, you know what i mean for that because every shot is like that's a weird way to do that cool <laughs> you know like i yeah, like how, yeah. how they did it that way you know like it kind of works yeah
0: but the thing is you don't even realize that it's happening because it works so well for the story being told, you know? Like. Exactly. And he does exactly. it in all of
1: his films, but it never gets repetitive. He right. somehow finds a different way of, like Haneke, of of being able to... And I think it has to do with, like, the, the connection between, like, what you said, Keith, with, like, the characters, you know? What's happening in the foreground, what's happening in the background. But also the disconnect that the that the camera has within the with the characters you know Mm -hmm. because like a lot of the time like the camera like you know for example for like um uh, a movie like slumdog millionaire like the camera follows the character's journey like it's kind of they're in tandem the entire time you know Mm -hmm. um you know running through the streets of with this little boy whereas this film the camera is never connected to anyone except for maybe like the little girl in in parts Mm-hmm. And that's in like... that and even then it's not so much, but that's the closest. And because of that, that's why we get that extra like little shock when she you yeah know, doesn't make it. Um, and that's just masterfully done. Like that's, it just, I don't know. I've never really seen besides haneke to be honest. Right. Uh, like other filmmakers besides in Korean films, like this interesting disconnect that right the characters have with the camera that's making the film. That you're not a really that you're not
2: supposed to be aware of as a film, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's interesting because like most films, like when you're going through a scene, they're told from one person's perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I I think you're right. I I mean, I I think this movie it kind of is from the deaf guy's perspective for a -hmm. little while, you know. Uh, but I think you're right in like how it's still isn't really from his perspective. Yeah. At the same time. Because I don't know time, how I
1: feel towards him or the father.
2: Yeah. I don't know how like I it, feel towards him. It doesn't him. like, it doesn't like, the, the movie doesn't tell you how to feel no. about really anyone. And like the yeah. only, so you're like left to your own devices really to, to, to decide. Yeah. But everyone just in this movie just kind of blows. Except, I, totally. I mean, except the the little girl, you know. She's, uh... Well, even, even she's like, kind of a little annoying, though. Oh, yeah, but she's, like... But, yeah. No, you're like, right. You're right. But she's it, kind
1: of annoying. But in the sense of, like, I know... You, I mean, he was... It, he Maybe was it's because she's a kid. In, yeah, I think that's what it really was. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I think, like, he was successful in, like, getting that across, you know? yeah. That everybody... Yeah every everybody was almost like a caricature or a stereotype but yet they were all equally so so it didn't take away from the film <laughs> you know yeah for sure for
2: sure <laughs> like it was which just is like, true for like coen brothers i don't
1: know
0: and i think it that culminates in the way it ends where yeah. it's like no one really gets anything they no. want which
1: is fucking awesome the
0: ending for this movie was great the fact that it ends and it's like you know revenge and vengeance is not nearly as cool as you think it is um you know i think did we lose him yeah i think that's a really interesting twist on it you know because no one gets out alive really
1: and the host is cool like that in a sense too in the sense of like it's it's an ordeal like everybody goes through like a whole thing exactly
0: yeah exactly i feel like we lost jacob because I can't hear him. (laughs) Oh, yes. Hold tight, folks, as we try to figure this shit out. You still have internet, right? I do, yeah. Byron is in this call. Hello. Hey. All right, I don't, did you, were you talking? I hope you weren't talking.
2: (laughs) I said, I, I said one thing, and then I stopped talking.
0: Oh, I can't even hear you. God dang it, dude! Why do we keep running into these issues? Hello, How are you back? My, Hello, my
2: back? Is kind of failing. Can you hear me?
0: Uh, yes and no. You're kind of going <laughs> in and out. So it's Great. tough, but I guess we'll we'll work our way through it. Um, let's jump over into like roundtable then, and let's get some uh, let's get some opinions going of these i mean we Mm. kind of talked of opinions a little bit already but um (coughs) yeah i don't know who should we uh who should we pick first or pick four first
2: i think we should do keith last. last okay yeah yeah
0: i actually don't know my own answer to this so
2: let's do uh me first
0: okay that'll be you first um i'm gonna go with the host because i just think it's a little bit lighter um it just seems more tuned with your sensibilities i think you liked both of these but um i don't know the host was just like it was more like you know consistent it was just is what it was and it was good and ended well oh we didn't talk about the ending of the host dude what a weirdly bittersweet ending like yeah, you're happy and then super sad when you realize what the fuck actually happened. Like, oh, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the host <laughs> edge it out. I think
1: I'm I, terrible at picking for you guys. I think like <laughs> I think like the obvious answer would be the host, but I want to go with sympathy for Mister Vengeance because I think it surprised you like i don't think because you had seen the host before Mm -hmm. and this one is new and it reminded you of the Coen brothers which i think i think you're kind of a Coen brothers fan like i think maybe not with all all of their films but like (laughs) there are some that kind of i i think maybe because you've mentioned them before i have kind of stuck with you and i think maybe right like the
2: man who wasn't there. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. I love that movie.
1: And yeah. and Barton Fink. So I'm thinking maybe, this is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but I'm thinking that maybe Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance um, due to the fact that one, it was your first time watching it and it surprised you and it just kind of reminded you of, of things that you liked before, but
2: in a little bit different way. Uh, Byron's right. Wow. <laughs> um <Cool. laughs> i i i like the host um it's not my favorite of the korean new wave i don't really i just don't really uh i just don't really get it
1: oh, you know like okay. i i
2: understand why people like it but the the mix of ingredients just doesn't work for me like with oh. the comedy and stuff yeah there's just something like something about it just doesn't just never really clicked you <laughs> know with me but i really appreciated its weirdness and how it was different uh so uh but uh, for sympathy sympathy of mr vengeance i was honestly i was really impressed by all like all the shot design you know how how they when they decide to pull out when they decided to sh- not show things or to show things or just to like, when, when they were banging, and they just cut to, like, the weird statue thing that was just moving. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, this cool thing where, like, y- you could always hear what was happening, but you could never always saw it. But, like, by yeah. pushing, like, by putting these images together, you could, like, conclude what, happen- what was happening. Like, uh, in the river, when he stabs his Achilles uh, heel, y- you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it- it's, like you could kind of see him like struggling to stand. And then when it cut goes down to like the Achilles and he's like drowning because he can't stand, it's like, Oh my God, that is, <laughs> that is horrible. Totally. Um, and then they
0: sit on that shot of his heel. Oh, for like so long. Dude. So
2: awesome. Oh my so God. Long. I hate, that's like my, the spot. I just, whenever I see that, I'm just like, Oh, yep. like my, my toes just like curl in. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, yeah, def- I, I would say for sure. Sympathy. For Mr. Vengeance I I just I I honestly really liked it a lot and um I liked uh that they had title cards mm. in in this movie yeah uh, I just thought that was like really cool and I've been really itching to do a movie with title cards but not in like a silent film kind of way um and you know when I do that I might just watch this movie again to to pull from it <laughs> nice
3: yeah you
1: should.
2: Yeah. speaking of the title cards
1: uh and like just having a deaf character. This was the first film ever,
2: ever to have a sex scene between a de- with a deaf character in it with sign language. I love that scene too. Yeah. Like that was the, I think one of the best sex scenes I've ever seen because it was so interesting. Like most sex scenes are not interesting. They're just sex, you know, and they're moaning and yeah. stuff. But this is they're like talking with their hands while banging. Like, that was <laughs> but, so like, interesting but, to but see. But, but
1: I'm sure that that's like Deaf people. That, that yeah. like the. Of course, if they're talking dirty to each other, they that's how they would be doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course. It's, I think it was great. I thought
2: that was. I awesome. know. That's why I loved it because it was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about that yeah, before. And seeing it was like, wow, that's cool. It's kind of crazy that it took to 2002 for that to be seen in any film ever. That's crazy, right? Yeah, and it came from the Koreans too. Yeah. like of all people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not just you know. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's just it just like it says a lot about yeah. how. Uh, like they their grasp of cinema is like pretty grand if they're able to come up with something as creative as that. Yeah,
1: considering their their whole industry is way newer than any yeah. than than most, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's really, just so awesome. Really cool, yeah. Yeah. Especially with a culture or like their their its genre uh focused and that's, like, a, something that you necessarily wouldn't necessarily see in, like, a genre f- film. You know what I mean? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, it's just, like, so creative. And I yeah. just... That's why I love this movie so much is because it... Even though it was violent and maybe isn't my typical, like, th- like, movie type that I would watch, it was just, like, so creative in how it delivered the content that it just... You know, there's all totally. this, like, really cool shit in it, yeah. so... That's why I picked Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Nice.
0: All right. Let us shift us over to Byron. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I got to go with Sympathy. It's a vengeance movie, man. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I, you, you would definitely uh, surprise me if you chose the host. Not to say you don't like the host, but, you know, I mean, Sympathy's just got everything you want going on in a movie. <laughs> so it's got to be sympathy.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going uh, uh, just repeat what Keith said for me. Going sympathy, but all, like all his reasoning and uh, just extra emphasis on the um the violence, you know. Like the the guy like cutting his own thing open and just like how how it was cold and detached like the tone of that I think was just kind of spot on. So let's uh, yeah, Am I really that fucking easy? Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: you're a movie slut. Yeah, man. Easy.
1: yeah, you're a movie slut, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Though uh, you guys are right. I mean, I really, really like the host, though. I really do enjoy that movie. It, yeah. it was, it was one of those movies when I watched it. I, it was so, I was so, it was it just completely, totally not what I was expecting at all. Like I wasn't expecting any of the comedy. And I wasn't expecting hmm. and i and I'm not a big comedy fan, but for some reason I just I went along with it. I was like right on um, and also like like yeah like the like I mentioned earlier, the monster really surprised me and and how it acted and like how what I thought it was at first, this becomes something quite different, and I liked how it wasn't it was like a monster movie, but the monster wasn't really the main focus, and yeah, um. And then just like how it's not, it doesn't wrap everything up in like a nice little bow. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it doesn't end like how a Hollywood movie would necessarily end, you know? And I, but it kind of, it pretends to end that way. And then, yeah, yeah. And, um, I really, I really, really like that movie. Um, but sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, I mean, yeah, like you guys said, I mean, it's about vengeance and it's like, I mean, I, to me, honestly, I, I, I wanted to see more violence. I, I, It was violent in the violent parts but there wasn't a lot you know yeah um
2: it left a lot to the imagination yeah i think yeah
1: but i like that though too it did it just did a really good job in that in that part where you know there's a there was one part though where i was like i was i felt a little like park chenwook was kind of like overdid it in the sense of like dude we're not that i i'm not that dumb and that was the part when they have the father come into the mortuary mortuary, and they're in the and they're opening the daughter up in front Mm. of him. i'm like dude they wouldn't be doing that in front of him they would have him leave
0: right they wouldn't they
1: wouldn't they wouldn't be like cutting her open and then like sawing her up like i wasn't offended by
2: that or anything like that it just was dumb i'm like dude they wouldn't be doing that in front of the guy yeah I, like it, for some reason, I just I thought he wanted to be there. That's like in my brain. That's how I made that right.
1: I I made that right,
2: which doesn't really make any yeah. A whole see, lot I of made sense. that.
1: I did the same thing. I made that right like five minutes after the scene because it took me yeah. out of the movie because I was just like, man, everything seems fairly realistic in the way it's in in its approach. And But I felt like it was, like, Park Chan-wook, like, with the hammer, like, telling us, like, to really just feel that death. You know? Like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. He has to now. He not only did his daughter die, and we had to see that scene where he's, like, holding her body from afar, but now we have to see him in the morgue with her getting her autopsy done. And it's just so terrible and heartbreaking. <laughs> it was, like, too heavy-handed for me that it took me out of the movie. That was my only fault of the entire movie. Other than that. That's funny. other than that if the movie had more black comedy in it it could have been for like it could have been a very comedic scene actually yeah you know what i mean but it wasn't it wasn't going for that um totally so but yeah i really loved the movie i'm a big park Chan Wook fan
0: definitely also sympathy for mr vengeance has one of the coolest posters i've seen yeah it is a cool in like a while and it's just it's actually tells you a lot about the movie but it's Kind of okay because it's cool. <laughs> uh, <just looks> super <laughs> fucking dude, uh, fucking Kong Sang Ho or whatever, or say, is it Sang? No, Kong Sang Ho or Song Kang, Song Kang Ho. Um, on the poster is fucking creepy looking dude. Like actually, like look oh, King is that he where is. he's oh, dragging him yeah. through the water? Yeah, dude, he's fucking creepy yeah. looking.
1: Dude, um, I love that actor. Yeah, he's great. He's so good because he can be he can very. He can play that like clumsy fool kind of like in the host but mm-hmm. then he can play like characters like this where he's a little bit more troubled um, but kind of dickish and then he can play yeah. characters that are just like fucking right mean there. sympathy for lady vengeance he's, he's really fucking cool I really mm-hmm. like him
0: um, yeah, he's, and we haven't talked about him very much, um, and haven't given him his due credit as being an essential part of the Korean new wave yeah. and its
1: success. He's in all my favorite ones, I think. Like, mm-hmm. he's in Thirst. He's in Good to Bend the Weird. He's the weird in the Good in to Bend the Weird. He was in Shiri. Band, <laughs> Shiri, which, uh-huh. you know, we know became one of the first
0: most successful ones. He was in, uh, JSA, Joint Security Area. Sympathy, Memories of Murder. He was yeah, in Memories Lady Vengeance. Obviously, The Host. The good, the bad, the weird, Thirst, um, Snowpiercer, you know. Yeah, he's been in, in everything, really. Um,
2: oh, he's the guy in the back in Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That is the same guy. Wow.
0: Yeah. So he's good for sure. Uh. All right. Do me now. Whoo. Do me, do me. Well, should go- we
2: tie you-, you up first?
1: <laughs> do you want me to go first?
2: Uh, You can go. Yeah, you can go first. Oh, fuck. Uh, actually <laughs> Or I could go first, yeah. <laughs> one of you is
0: about to pick the movie for me, probably. Because I honestly don't know. Like they're so neck and neck that I am trying to figure out which one edges the other one out.
2: Alright, I haven't I have my answer. I'm gonna go sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Uh because it, it's it's got that kind of hard, cold violence that Keith likes. Uh the tone and also I think you like the host. Like I think you're a fan of the host. And I think the reason you th- want these movies to be on par with each other is because Tarantino likes the host. But I think you actually <laughs> like sympathy for Mr. Vengeance more. I only based my opinion your...
0: off of Tarantino's <laughs> opinion.
2: <laughs> exactly in your brain. <laughs> That's a joke. But honestly, uh, I, I do. I do think it's Mr. Vengeance. I I couldn't tell you exactly why um, outside of the violence. But I just I think it's more your cup of tea. You know, I think the host is, I don't I, I don't know if you, I don't actually wow. know if you like monster movies that much. I'm about but, to,
0: sorry, I, I have to say this. I'm about sure. to uh, make you lose respect for Tarantino right now. Good. Um, so we were talking that uh, he listed the host as one of his favorite. So he's got this list since he became a director. Yeah. He's has this, his top 20 films since 1992. Uh, the host made its way onto that.
3: Yeah. You
0: know what else is on there?
2: Take a guess. Force Gump. Take a guess. Force Gump. Yeah, the film that slided him from the oh, palm d'Or. is it gonna upset or me or Byron? Well, it upset it'll, me. It or Byron? Up,
1: uh, it'll upset everyone. Oh, is uh, it? The fu- thing is, is I've, it I've, fucking, I've read this. I've read this list. So I should. It's not I,
2: fucking Boondocks Saints. What is it? It's not Boondocks. Oh, okay, I know. Good. I really like the Intern. Whew. Uh, um, but that's a newer film ins- uh, oh is it like a studio comedy or something no is it like a studio film is it like trolls or something he's got some very
1: eclectic tastes that he really likes he likes some really interesting movies that like were some of his favorite ones Um, I've read this list probably numerous times so I should get this but Give us a hint. I'm blinking out. I'm, I'm you were close with Boondocks.
2: That's your hint. Maybe the usual suspects. Just Kevin Spacey in general. No. It's, <laughs> it's Fight Club. <laughs> Fight Club. Fight Club. Okay. Fight Club yeah, yeah, is yeah, on yeah, his yeah. list that's of right, the 20 that's all right. greatest films. Yeah. No, that makes oh, because it's f- sense. a film bro. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care about that. Oh, oh, yeah. come come on. On. That makes sense. Fight that makes good. Sense. Yeah. It's oh, yeah? a good movie. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, because he likes David Fincher. Of course, but yeah. Fight
0: Club, like, yeah. out of all of Fincher's films, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Just because everyone, like, p- you know, takes a big old golden, or give, gives it a gold star. Like, everyone I've ever met it's like, oh, yeah, Fight Club, <laughs> gold star. <laughs> much. Yeah. Uh, it surprises I, I, me I, a little bit. I, I don't know. Maybe Tarantino's not the hipster I thought he was. What I'm surprised
0: is not on his list is um, Big Bad Wolves. Which was that was pretty one of much. that was one
1: of his favorite films of that year though.
0: Yeah, because it was literally a Tarantino. Yeah, fucking. It was like yeah. a Iranian Tarantino movie. Yeah, movie he really
1: he he that was one of his favorite
2: films of course that year. Anyway, I'm just glad it's not Boondock Saints. It's close. I'm just yeah, so thankful because yeah. I, I, I I yeah it's close. I would have lost respect.
0: For um. Him. All right. So Jacob says
2: sympathy. I say sympathy. Yeah, because of Tarantino.
0: Okay. I do want to read this <laughs> list after we choose though, because I think it's interesting.
2: I feel
1: okay. I I feel that sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is more aligned with Keith's. What one interests him as a viewer and what interests him as a filmmaker. I think I think yes. there are aspects of the host that have that that fit into that too. But I think overall, it's too genre a uh in the in the in the way that doesn't interest him in the way that like michael bay does genre but this right. is like a way better version of it um but at
2: the same time i, I, Keith I is like, very
1: genre too yeah but and, that, and but sympathy is kind of genre but, yeah. and it's but it's closer to that hard-boiled um like crying uh, yeah. feeling thing you know because like there it is you know uh coen brothers very crime oriented most of their films yeah. have crime in it um or is in that world um and i feel like sympathy is like that too and i think it also just i think uh there's a broader spectrum of like m- morality at play with the film and i think park chanwook honestly is just more of a mature filmmaker in a s in the sense of like he's tackling like mature themes in a more aggressive way. And I think Keith is like that. And I think he yeah. I think he's more into, into approaching cinema and like that a kind of aggressive like way.
2: Yeah. Oh a hundred percent agree. Plus the hard boiled like, yeah. like neo noir aspects of this movie, I think tickle keith in places that but, he but i know isn't that, usually tickle but i know that he <laughs> likes both uh, i think
1: i know that he likes both but i, I feel um sympathy just kind of takes and that title i mean come on this is a cool all right title. surprise us it's a cool title
0: uh i'm it not I, I can't i can't surprise you. i think yeah i think sympathy does edge it out a little bit um i actually really liked both of these movies i like the host quite a bit and i do like monster movies actually i just like well done
2: yeah, monster yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, dude, <laughs> like
0: I think there's a place for for monster movies. I think they're really cool. Um I I really look forward to talking about like Wolfman and Frankenstein's fucking awesome movie, dude. Like the original Frankenstein is yeah, a freaking dude, awesome yeah. movie and like, the mummy and yeah. uh, Dracula, I want to talk about all those. Invisible man. Um yeah, exactly um but i think yeah i think for a lot of those exact reasons you guys said sympathy the writing for sympathy was just very very i mean the ending of the host was a twist on writing that i hadn't seen before which i found very refreshing but the writing for sympathy was like spot on and that ending where it's just like no one wins and then that shot where they just like fucking stab the note into him and he's just staring at the (laughs) knife like
1: that was awesome "Uh, yeah uh,"
0: it's just like yeah yeah <clears throat> um love yeah, everything about it I, the only downside to that movie that knocked it down for me was i feel like the pacing was a little weird felt a little slow and part of that i think was i wasn't just directly in the mood to watch oh, okay. that type of movie at the time or i didn't know what to expect so i didn't yeah. know uh i don't know how, how what mood to be in um and the host i think was just a little bit quicker of a watch its pacing yeah. was faster but they're both really good um but yeah, it's a it's a fucking revenge movie, dude. It's I love that awesome part. Movie.
1: When the guy he's like fucking that like, um. Drugged up dude or something, and and he like just shuffles over to the guy, who's just entered into the room there, and he like with yeah. his pants off, and then he gets stabbed with the, the uh, screwdriver. And then he just stands there and that's like a homage to David Lynch's Blue Velvet, where there's a character that's just oh. standing with the screwdriver in his neck. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that yeah. scene. And then yeah. and then he's like, it's an artery and then it like you show like it shows like the like blood and then he pulls it out. She's and like, like Don't pull it spring. out. That was amazing. Yeah. That was like <laughs> that was so awesome. It was like this like fucking cum shot of blood it was like so good (laughs) it was so good because it was funny because like his pants Uh, his pants were down but yet he was like spurting like it was awesome it was just hilarious i I I don't know
2: if you've actually seen a cum shot before but (laughs) for me that's not what it looks like (laughs) that was like the spray function on a hose (laughs) so so i don't know what i don't know what you're doing over there buddy it was like the oh, it must have mind been mind one mind of those mind. squirt shows. Never mind.
0: All oh, right, <laughs> god dang it. So we all picked sympathy, huh? We did, yeah. We did. Okay, cool. But the host yeah. is a very important movie, I think. That it, oh yeah, I feel like it's a lot more accessible for people to watch.
1: Yeah, I think more most people probably would yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. flock to go with the,
0: the host. host. Yeah,
2: for sure, for sure.
0: So I want to end it on this. These are the twenty greatest movies according to Tarantino. Um it's his Where's list since 1992. <laughs> um so obviously, you know, constantly updated list. So we have Fight Club, The Insider, Lost in Translation. Ba- Wait, Fight Club is number 1? It's in no particular order, I don't think. Oh, okay. Um Fight Club, The Insider, Lost in Translation, Battle Royale, which is based off of or what Hunger Games. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like. That's it. the it's Japanese, is, yeah. yeah. Dogville. The Von Trier movie. The Matrix. Yeah. Anything else. Shaun of the Dead. Dazed and Confused. Audition. The Blade. A no-nonsense action movie. Uh, Boogie Nights. Memories of Murder. So Bong Jun ho uh, Speed. Joint Security Area. Friday. The F. Gary Gray the movie. Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah. with Ice yeah. Cube and uh, Chris Tucker. Um, Team America, World Police, The yes. Host, Police Story 3, Supercop, and Unbreakable. Those he ones.
2: earned my respect back with Team America, World Police, man. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is my one. joint.
0: Yeah. Um, as of 2005, so, a little out of date, these are his top ten films of all time. No. Hold on. As of... Am I saying this right? Tarantino's favorite films. The top list published in various magazines. So it was a 2008. So the 2008, his top 11 films in this order. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Rio Bravo. Blowout. Taxi Driver. His Girl Friday. Five Fingers of Death. Pandora's Box. Carrie. Unfaithfully Yours. Five Graves to Cairo. And Jaws. Wow. So mm. two De Palma films are in yeah. his list of... Top films ever, it's crazy. His. Yeah, so uh, you know, clearly, I get my opinion only from Tarantino. So those are now my top eleven films of all time. Um,
2: yeah, I think that's. Uh, Damn, you haven't
1: uh, even seen some of those. <laughs> dude, it's still yeah. so, Best films of all time, though. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So cool. I think that's a great, great spot to end it. So next week or actually let's see where are we at uh so yeah uh if you have any questions or opinions please send an email to two podcast at gmail.com and visit our facebook page you know comment discuss like rate chat tell us to fuck off I don't know something <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> if you like the show please rate it five stars and thank you to everyone who's done
1: that and left reviews um I mean, shit, at this point, I'll even settle for four and a half. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take a three-er. <laughs> Give me a three. Three banger. Um,
0: you can follow Whoa. us on Letterboxd at Jacob Fultz and Byron Goet and Hyperion Crater for me. Um, next week, we decided that we are super interested in Korean New Wave. So we're going to do a part two. And most likely in the future, do more. Just because, obviously, there's so many movies to talk about. Um, but we settled on... Um, oh, shit. Did we lose Jacob again? God dang it. Why does this keep happening? Weird. Um, So we settled on Old Boy and I Saw the Devil. Uh, if for some reason that changes, it will still be Old Boy. And maybe... What was the other one we were talking about? Um... Lady Vengeance, but we already did the. That's like all three of the Vengeance ones.
1: Old Boy and maybe. uh, I think I saw the Devil for sure. I think. I think I saw the Devil's a good one. We might
0: do like. I don't know. Joint Security Area seems. That does sound kind
1: of cool. I haven't seen that one.
0: Um, Or Thirst, maybe. I don't know. Thirst is good. But Old Boy for sure will be on there. I saw the Devil is like a 90% most likely pick. Um. Uh. Okay. Well, bear with us for one second so that Jacob can say his goodbyes as well. Uh, hello. All right. Hey. All right.
2: You can close the show now.
0: Cool. I already started doing that. So, um, yeah. I was just saying that basically we uh, settled on Old Boy and I Saw the Devil. Um, unless we want to change I Saw the Devil to something else. I don't know if you have any thoughts towards that or not, Jacob.
2: I like that idea. Let's do it.
0: Cool. So, Old Boy and I Saw the Devil. Um, we're going to be focusing more on the violence in Korean New Wave, um, its depiction of it. We kind of got into it a little bit, but we'll do that uh, more in depth next week. And then, after that, most likely going to talk about Bruce Lee because he's been on our list for a long time could change if we get a wild hair but that will most likely be what it is uh so yeah so make sure you watch old boy and i saw the devil um for next week's discussion thanks for listening thanks guys
2: see you later alligator
0: go get your achilles
2: tendon cut (laughs) (laughs) which listener are you talking to
3: Olive. olive